So I wear clothes that little girls find appealing. Hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 95 of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I'm Jake Johansson, and this is it. We're still here. It's been going on for a while. What's happening this week? I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. This week's guest is my new friend, Jared Logan. I worked with him at Stand Up Live in Phoenix a few weeks ago, and we had a nice conversation, and I'm posting it now. You know, you got to make friends with these guys fast because you get to work with them, they're super funny, and then they're headlining, and you never get to see them again because you're headlining and they're headlining. So this was my chance to meet Jared and make friends with him. I feel like I did a pretty good job, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. He's moving out here to California where I currently live. That hasn't changed for a while, but it could change. One day, it could change. I could move to another place. I could do another thing, but I'm not doing that right now. I'm here in California, but where else am I going to be? Ah, May 8th through 10th, I'm going to be at the Comedy Works South at the Landmark. Uh, so come on out and see me there at Comedy Works, May 8th through 10th. This is 2014. Then May 29th to June 2nd, I'm going to be in Kilkenny at the Sky Cat Laughs Comedy Festival, and I'm super excited about that. And then in between there, I'm going to be in Bozeman, Montana on um, May 17th. So if you're in Bozeman, I trust that you could figure it out. I can't remember the name of the theater, and I tried to Google it, and unfortunately it's, it's a weird... Anyway, if you're in Bozeman, you know where I am, and I'm looking forward to you being there when I'm there, and let's have fun. And now... Let's get on with this week's episode. So this week, I'm talking to Jared Logan. It's a good conversation, and I don't want to waste any time. I just want to get on with it. I want to get on with it. And for those of you who are waiting for me to talk to Nigel again, hold on to your hats, because that's going to be coming up. Uh, not this week, but I hope next week. This week, I think I mentioned, did I mention this week's guest is Jared Logan? It's Jared Logan, everybody, from jaredlogan.com, and you can also see him on other parts of the internet, his videos. He's had a special on Comedy Central. We mentioned that. So check him out and then check him out. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Logan. And me. It's me too. It's my it's my show. Okay. I think uh, I've botched the intro again. Here we go. <laughs> Tell me about your shoes. My shoes. I don't know. I think I got them at like a Kohl's. Mm-hmm. I like them. Special brand? No, they're not special brand. What are they? Clark's? Something like that? Nice. Oh, those are the ones you had on last night. Yes. Comfy. They look comfortable. I have these and I have a pair of red sneakers. Mm-hmm. They're like all red all over. And I did this show in Auburn, Washington last month. And there were, like, all these nine-year-olds and seven-year-olds in the audience. It's like this theater show. Nine-year-olds and seven-year-olds in a comedy show? Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, there were, there were a lot of adults, too. But, like, it's like this little small town in Washington State, and people just brought their grandkids and stuff like that. How does a thing like that happen? How did you How did you wind up doing it? It's uh, The guy that books me at the Seattle Underground, John Fox, booked me for it. And it was a really fun show, but I was just shocked to see... Like nine-year-olds in the audience. How did they love? Did they love your act? They loved my red shoes. 
Well, I was at one point I was like, I, I, I kept making jokes about how, oh, I, whoop, I can't do that joke, like in the middle of it, and then I would mm-hmm. sort of finish it or I'd do like a clean version. They 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 kind of got what was happening and they thought it was funny. And then at one point I said to the nine year old girl, I was like crowd working a nine year old girl. I was like, what do you want me to tell a joke about? Like, what's something in your world? And she was like. Red shoes. That was her favorite part of my act is that I wore red shoes. Right. Talk about it. Talk about your red shoes. Tell me all about your red shoes. They're Adidas brand. No, I didn't mean really. I just meant, oh, I just no, that's the what whole, she wanted. Like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about your red shoes. Like, as a comedian, you're sort of ready for almost any sort of news thing. But, uh, no, just your shoes. I'd like to know more about your shoes. And that's such a little girl thing to, like, be interested in, too. Like, Mm -hmm. you could tell that she thought they were kind of cool. So I wear clothes that little girls find appealing. It's a little creepy. Do what you want with that. To hear you say that out loud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but that's a good. Uh, I can cut that out and just play that as part of the Don't opening of almost in. every show. I want people to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, no, that's should. great. Beginning of you every should, show. You should. You should be proud of of your nine year old. What do you have planned for tonight? Tonight's Saturday night. This is the big thing. The Saturday night show. I don't know. Maybe a lot of the same of what I did last night. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like let's stick to the game plan. Let's not go crazy. But you just went to the movie. You just watched people dying. Yes, I watched a horror movie called Oculus. Uh huh. Or did I? Uh, what is that? Because kind in the of movie the Oculus, like, yeah, the premise is what's real, what's it, not real, what's real, what's not real. The evil haunted mirror makes you see what it wants you to see. So I'm not even positive I saw Oculus. But don't look in the mirror. What about that? If you don't look in the mirror, I guess you're good. Not owning the mirror would be ideal. So you just wind up with this mirror? Is that what happens in this story? So if somebody finds it in a basement or it's bolted downstairs and they... Oh, this is a nice mirror. Like many horror movies, there are all these plot holes. That What you just said, you would have done a better job writing the script. They find a mirror in the basement. Instead, it's this family and the guy, the dad is a software designer. And for some reason, in his very modern office, he decides to buy an enormous black horned antique mirror that used to belong in a castle or something like that Mm -hmm. software engineers you know they've got esoteric mirror tastes i guess well they've got more money than sense they're accidentally buying well i would have bought it if something else in the house looked like that like you oh this guy's got kind of eccentric eccentric taste but everything else in the house is like very modern it's just one freaky thing yeah and it turned out to be a bad decision oh the whole movie details how bad a decision it was. You wonder why why didn't anything go wrong at the place that was selling the mirror? Or was that part of it? Was it an evil network of so bad guys? This is a great question, too. Like, uh, the other owners of the mirror all died, of course. They found this out, right? Uh, in different horrible ways. But I guess the auction houses never have any problem with it. Like, they're able to go ahead and transfer it to another owner with no ill effects. Yeah. It seems at their like auction somebody house. should get arrested. Once this mirror is connected to all these crimes, then whoever keeps reselling the... The but heroes guess, are trying to prove that the mirror is haunted. Of course, no one will believe that a mirror could be haunted. Right. Yeah. Well, that's one of the problems with our modern world. Is no one believes that anything could be haunted. I don't believe that things can be haunted. I don't believe in ghosts. You love these movies, but you don't believe that anything could be... like. Yeah, I don't believe in any of that stuff. So, do you, so this is... This is my theory about people who like scary movies now, based on what you just said. 
I don't like scary movies because I can start scaring the crap out of myself. Like, I go, right. okay, the mirrors. If it's scary enough, like, I watched that movie Halloween when I was in, yeah. you know, in my 20s. And that's a great one. And I could not get, I had to check the back seat of the car every time I got in there at night because that friggin' guy could be back there. Even right. though he can't be back there in real life. No. I mean, you're saying you have a firm grip on reality, so you don't believe in any of these ghosts. You like to go watch the movies, but it's just complete made-up nonsense. Yeah, I think that I got all that out of my system just at an earlier age, because my dad would just, um, he would just let us watch these things when we were like eight. He would be like, this is Halloween, check it out. And he had a very strict rule, which was, you know, all those 80s horror movies had a part where people had sex. Mm-hmm. So we had to leave the room when that was going on. But as soon as it was just someone getting a power drill through their head, we were allowed to sit and watch. Wow, because it seemed to me that's not good parenting because the whole point of those movies from a parenting standpoint, they're trying to teach morality. Like, don't have premarital sex. Right, he should have kept us in there during the sex, too. I mean, clearly. This is what you want to stay away from. I think this. it's like funny. It's like violence was fine, but sex is evil. You know, was was my dad's perspective. People sometimes are like, you should you should never show kids that stuff, any violence like that at all. And I'm like, I don't know what I would do if I had a kid because we were having a lot of fun because we were doing something with our dad. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like it also made it a little more fun that it was like our mom would be a little bit like, no, you're not allowed to do that. But our dad would be like, hey, she's at work here now. Do whatever we want. Do whatever we want. Yeah. I don't have a job. Yeah. Did he have a job? He oh yeah. He, a, yeah he of course he had a job. But he was she worked nights. He worked days. So I got you. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that stuff when I was a kid. But I think it was more my parents were protecting me. Like I have a daughter now who's yeah. nine, and she keeps telling me she wants to watch stuff. But I don't think she wants to watch Iron Man, and I feel like she's not going to be able to handle it. Really? When they take his chest out, or when people are really super mean to each other. She does not like that. Like she really? can't watch nature shows if the if the nice monkey's going to get attacked by a lion. She's like, no, I'm out. Well, and then clearly I'm a stand-up comedian, so you know. Mistakes were made somewhere along the line. Right. Something broke inside uh, you that enabled you to do your right. job. Right. I don't know if that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I certainly don't. I don't know what I would do if I had a kid. I know that my, if I have a kid with my girlfriend, uh, who we've been together a little, a long time now, she would not allow it. She would not allow it. You told me that you were going to propose to her. Is that yes, we are. Yeah, she's I mean, not going to listen to this, though. She won't, she won't hear this. But. Well, it's okay. She kind of knows. She it's knows it's you're going super to. unromantic in a way because... We've nice. Just, we've nice. Had, well, no, I mean, we've just had all these conversations about it at this point. So now I have to plan this, like, surprise proposal that she knows is probably going to happen this year sometime. You want to go? You want to put on a show, though. Trust me on that. Oh, I know, you but I'm like out of ideas because oh, maybe you can help me right now. Okay, uh, how long what, have you been married? I've been married uh, twelve years in October. Okay, so you got some experience. Here's some great advice. Well, I proposed to my wife while we were surfing, which is a thing that I got her into that she really loved. That's cool. And it was a surprise. She didn't see it coming. And then I got some advice from a guy named Tom Williams, who used to own Charlie Goodnights. Comedy club in Raleigh, North Carolina. And Tom, Tommy, said to me, here's what you do. You plan the proposal, and then you also plan a party that night so she can show the ring to all of her girlfriends and be all excited with her girlfriends. But that's a surprise party to her. She doesn't know that that's going to happen. So you do the proposal, which is whatever kind of little production surprise sweet thing it is, and she's super excited. And then people start showing up, or you take her somewhere for dinner, and all her friends are there, and it's like, forget about it. That's that's great. Those are great ideas. One issue I'm having is that she does not want a ring. 
She said no ring. Like, no ring. I, I don't know. She doesn't need a diamond ring. She says she thinks it's all made Diamond up. rings are kind of silly. I, I didn't yeah. get my wife a diamond ring, but I got her a you got ring. her a ring. Yeah. And then I'm a... Well, see, okay, so I tried to look up what they did before diamond engagement rings. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'd do whatever they did before that. Well, they've always... It's always just been rings, like, right. throughout history, like, going back to Middle Ages or whatever. And I, I, I'm kind of worried about, like, getting her a non-diamond ring and then people are like let me see the ring and she's like eh. and then they're like oh why isn't it a diamond ring well you want to get her something that she likes if she's not into diamonds i think diamonds are kind of, my opinion is they're sort of bullshit they're yeah right up, there's this made-up thing that it's they a made tell up you thing. they tell you they're valuable but then good luck selling one later yeah uh, that's another story but uh which you, you want to plan for that Selling, well, no, the, saying, selling the ring off later. I got a ring as part of it. Then I told that story in the special, but then I had the ring. I and mean, I still have the ring. Because you can't then give the engagement ring that didn't work to some new person. Oh, sure. So then you go in and try and sell it. And they want to give you less than half of what you paid for it, even though it's been a few years and it should be getting to be worth more money. Right, But right. it's a lie. Those Unless you're buying some giant Hope Diamond kind of global, right. globally acknowledged collector. A known ring. diamond. Yeah, some treasure. A famous diamond. Yeah, or you could get her that skull that's encrusted with diamonds. Ooh, the crystal skull. Yeah, but that's not a good thing because you want something that she's wearing around all the time that says, look, I'm married, jackass. Yeah. Get away from me. That would be more if, like, she was going to propose to me. She could get me, like, the crystal skull, you know? But, well, my experience is my wife kind of likes me to wear the ring. Sometimes it's a little tight, so I don't wear it. Like, I don't have it on now, but she wants yeah. me to wear it when I'm on stage. Just as a, even though I'm talking all about to my wife and I clear, love her, yeah. but it's just like yes, this her I belong to. Yeah, you had all person. kinds of. You mention her all the time. But yeah. she still wants it on there, huh? She just kind of likes it to be on there. She yeah. likes it to be on there, that even though she mixes it up. Sometimes she wears her wedding ring, her engagement ring. Sometimes she wears other rings. She mixes it up. Okay, but I trust her pretty much. I pretty much trust her. She doesn't listen to this, so I can say what I want. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I keep trying to think of ideas, and none of them seem... Tattoos. Some people get the ring tattoo, the t- a little tattoo on their finger. That's maybe not our style, That's really. That's not your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not really tattoo people. Not we could just cut the tip of your fingers that. off. Just cut that last the whole now, fingernail. Now, this I that. like. <laughs> yeah, some sort of elaborate death pact. Well, to kind of put it into that horror movie thing. Yeah. Like you whip out a cigar cutter and go, this is how we're going to prove we love each other. Prove it. Yeah, but see, I'm more into that kind of thing than she is. You could each cut off the tip of your ring fingers and then eat the other person's ring fingers so it becomes part of you. It's kind of a... Forever. Yeah. Or until the next time you have a bowel movement. Right. Well, yeah, you might want to chop it up. You might want to blender it, make it into a smoothie to make sure you really... (laughs) These are not helping. None of no, these ideas this isn't are a helpful. helpful. Thing. In fact, I'm sure some people, who are, some people who are listening probably just threw up and are questioning their decision to listen to this. Well, if they have any ideas, at Jared Logan is my Twitter. Okay, so they can tweet you. Yeah, and I don't want any ideas. ideas that are longer than 140 characters anyway. So. Yeah, that's good. Because, look, you don't have a lot of time. You want to. I'm so busy. I got to make it to my showing of Oculus. You know, we already did that, or did you? <laughs> or did I? But the whole. But the, there's two rings. There's the there's the engagement ring. Right. There's the will you marry me ring, and then there's the I'm marrying you ring. But yeah, the wedding band, right? Yeah. And then that we're gonna have. I mean, that we'll have. Okay. Well, that's what I have. I don't have an engagement ring. Oh, obviously. perfect. But See? my wife has both, but she doesn't wear them all the time anyway. Yeah. 
but she belongs to me. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Belong to her. I wasn't questioning I to her, and yeah, she yeah. belongs to. I didn't want to make that street. sound like we own. We don't. We, we own. We own each other, but we don't own each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's. Yeah. It goes both ways. I feel that way. I'm all for feminine right. Fem, I'm a feminist. Yeah, I don't even think we're. I think it's almost sexist to say that you're for that because who? How could you be against it? That's a good point. Why does it need to be mentioned? Yeah, it's why, like immediate walking into a room and being like, "I'm not racist." Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. People I, are gonna be like, "Is he racist? Why did he bring it up?" I support the equal treatment of women. Well, who doesn't? Who? That's what I feel like. We're all people. We're all people. Right. We're people. <sighs> she wants to have four kids. You told me your wife. Your she, wife. my girlfriend. Yeah, she. She that that was kind of the original idea, and then now I think we've kind of like you know pared it down a little bit to maybe maybe less kids. There must be at least two though. I do actually sometimes agree that you need to give you need to have two kids if you're gonna have kids. Sometimes I think that's a good idea. Two's a good number. Two's a good number. We have one. Yeah, and I'm pretty happy with it. One is a good number because it's very. The kid wants 100% of your attention all the time. Right. And so one of you can always give that kid 100% of the right. attention while another per- the other person accomplishes something in the world. But also, we don't have to decide which one we like better or we don't even accidentally have an opinion about liking sure. more because we only have one. Does so, that happen? Whoops, we I, accidentally love this one more. Not that you love the one more, but I mean, imagine... <laughs> I mean, just imagine two different kids that, you know, you got one kid that's got a great sense of humor and another kid who's going to grow up and become an accountant to, to nothing personal against accountants, but yeah. we're creative. We're circus people. And so you're going to love probably the circus kid or not maybe love, but you're going to like that. We're going to be like, no, I get you more. And the other kid, you're going to yeah, be like, Yeah, I, I would. I, I would. My, my parents would feel differently. They don't like the, uh, the stand up or whatever. The I performance. See. Your parents don't. My parents don't, yeah. But I had a brother. And what did he's what you say had? Is he okay? No, I have him. He's, yeah, okay. He's, yeah, he's fine. He uh and he's not he hates attention and he's not a performer and he's a surgical technician. All right, you were telling me about we him. Told, I yeah. can't even imagine like when you say he hates attention, like how Okay, can, I give you an example? You even, yeah. If you take him to a restaurant on his birthday and people start singing happy birthday to him, he, in a furious, angry way, walks out of the restaurant. Well, yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm not crazy about that. That's not really great yeah, but he's, attention. It's, but... it's psychopathic. He's like, uh, I took him out for his bachelor party. We went to a really nice steakhouse where he lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like... And I told them when I made the reservation, it's for a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. So when we walked in, they go, who's the bachelor? Who's the groom? And he was like, if anybody else asks any more questions like that, we're leaving. Wow. He just laid down the law. I like that about him. And I was like, he's, okay. He's tough. He's a hard guy. Like, I don't care if it's my bachelor party. Yeah, I will ruin everyone's time. Well, not really. He did can still have a bachelor he party. He didn't, but I had to go, okay, guys, this is just people having dinner. Don't. Don't say bachelor party. Don't, you know, none of that. Well, so far, those are two examples. I, I like attention, but I don't think I would be crazy about either one of those. No, no, no. Those, it's. I mean, he's right. It is stupid. Like, yeah. you know, n- whoever gets that right and makes it more fun. I don't like to have, like, waiters and waitresses who don't know me or give a shit who I am, like, singing yeah. happy birthday to me or anything like that yeah yeah i'm on board i'm on board with that yeah that too but, but i think what, all they wanted to do is, is give us like discounts or like a free dessert or something it's like 
you assholes, how dare you guys I pay for my dessert. <laughs> I've got a job as a medical technician, jackass. I don't think they were like, we're going to put a little outfit on you and make you dance in front of us. You know, they weren't going to embarrass him. Mm. Um, well, it is slightly embarrassing. I don't, I don't like that thing where they sing to you, but I get, I get that. But so he's the more, he's the white sheep and you're the black sheep. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, growing up, I was, I was older and then I was, uh, I was very um, straight A's and things like that. And I think he had to hear from every teacher like, oh, we loved Jared. Jared was so great. You know, mm-hmm. and then, uh, but then, you know, once my parents saw my comedy, I think he definitely pulled right into the front running there <laughs> well so wait but so you were conventionally successful you were a conventionally good kid yes you know oh, by, yes by very, grades very, and all very. That. yeah yeah but then you just made this weird choice to become a comedian which is sort of what i did too yeah and your parents just they didn't get it they don't like it very much yeah they i mean still they don't support like it. it they support it but they don't really like they don't want to hear the act they don't really like it really but you're successful right you're on television you're you're yeah. you're you did a did you do a special? You did a special. I did special. a half hour on Comedy yeah. Central. Right. So they, that's not to them. They don't see like, look, really well, I don't care what taste. he does, but he's doing he's doing good at it. Yeah, I, mean, I think they, they understand that, but I don't know. They just don't like the subject matter. They mm-hmm. don't like if I mention sex. They don't like it when I, you know, I grew up Pentecostal in West Virginia, so I talk mm. a little bit about the Pentecostal church. They don't like it. They don't like that. Yeah, I suppose. That's their belief. That's their that's their core. Yeah, but you know what though? They don't even go to church anymore. So so finally what happened? I had a I had a therapist and I was like, Oh, my mom hates this, she hates that. And he was like, Well, you need to just talk to her about it. I go, Oh, well, we don't do that. We don't talk to each other about things. And he's like, Well, you gotta do it. So finally when there was a good opportunity, I said, Hey, did you really you really hated it when you saw me do that act, right? Like yeah. that's been on you know, you've We've been a little bit of coldness ever since you saw that, right? And she was like, well, yeah, I don't like it. I go, you don't even go to church anymore because they don't. Right. They don't go to church anymore. I go, so how can you be mad about that if you don't even really go to church yourself? And she's like, because we're tired from work, Jared, okay? (laughs) We're tired from – so we don't go to – so that's where the – Wait, that's why they don't go to church. They still believe all the church stuff, but they don't go to church? They don't go to church. But that's why they don't go to church. That's not why they don't like you. They don't just like, I can't deal with your act because I'm tired from work. That's not what she meant. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I thought you were saying at first. It's just, it's so weird to me. Like, eternal salvation that they believe in apparently is less important than going to work. I mean, or if you're well, tired, you don't have to go to church. I don't understand their worldview. I don't think that they quite understand it either. I guess I don't either, but... Uh, but I would have to say that I do kind of get how, look, we're down with all the things that they say at church. We're just busy keeping it together in our lives. Yeah. And so call us if you need us to go and pick at somebody's funeral. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're gay. But to meanwhile, <laughs> we're just going to go to work. We're not going to be going to church. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, And also, damn you for trying to make jokes about churchy things. Right. I mean, I think that's it's more like she's insulted, like she thinks I'm like criticizing how she raised me or whatever and i am but in a funny way i'm like enjoying it i'm not like you know i'm not i love my mom i think she's great very smart lady i'm not like trying to make her feel ashamed or or i'm not picking on her in a malicious way i'm just you know making jokes about it in my mind i'm dealing with it on my own that's to me that's how i deal with it you know well that's the thing that you get though when you have kids you my wife is always worrying that we're gonna make the same mistakes that her parents made and i keep trying to say no we're so far 
not that because we're aware of that mistake. Yeah. We are making a completely new mistake a completely new that mistake. we don't won't even know what it is until our kid is like 30 and then comes and says, here's where you blew it. And then we're going to say the same thing that our parents said, which is, I did the best I could. Get yeah. off my ass. You know, well, yeah, and, and if I she, mean, I'm not going to say exactly that, but right, and you, you know, if you love your kid, I mean, I, you know, I don't have a kid, but if you love your kid, I mean, that mistake's not going to ruin your kid. It's just going to be your kid's sort of unique brand mm-hmm. of cool fucked upness, you know. Like in my mind, like I feel like uh, if if the religion stuff had really scarred me in some way, I wouldn't be making money talking about it, right? Like in a, no, in a you know, right. in a jokey way. Some, it just tweaks you out of the normal zone. But that's the effect it had on you. But it didn't have that effect on your brother. It made him into a super, super kind of regular, conventionally successful dude. Yeah. 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 So, you win a few, you lose a few. There you go. <laughs> Depending on who great. you are, which one of you is the winner and the loser is uh, up for grabs. Yeah. That's the whole. Now, I yeah. feel like, I mean, I, I'm joking about it now, but I feel like we were pretty, we were, we were pretty equal growing up, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, the way our parents treated us was equal. They didn't. Well, you because you you were playing the stealth game until I you finally. Was, I was. I'm. I'm still like very, kind of, in the closet about like you know my opinions on things sometimes because I was just raised to be very polite and unassertive. So sometimes people and I and, and that's changed a lot more recently. But sometimes people are like, you know, you're not like the way you are on stage at all. You know, like I'm and I, I really would like them to be exactly the same. But I think I'm like more polite or more quiet and reserved off stage. Yeah, I, I I I understand what you're saying, but I also feel like from doing stand up for a long time and ha- and hearing things like that, it's like yeah, because on stage, I'm I'm being a small part of me right. that is entertaining. They can talk for an hour. It's not real. It seems yeah. like it seems like conversational. Like I'm on stage having a conversation, but when have you had a conversation where one guy talks for an hour and you don't get to say anything right. and it's funny the whole time? That's obviously a, a distilled part of myself that's for that. Yeah. And then the me that you meet in person includes that plus a lot of other stuff. Right. And so that's why they're two different things. Well, you sound – that's a very grounded opinion. You sound like you're very grounded, but a lot of comedians, of course, you know, are not. And they're on all the time. And uh, I think there's definitely an expectation among the audience members you meet that you're going to be hysterical the second – you, they meet you off stage. I think sort of, but I mean, if you've ever been around somebody who is that always on all the time, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It's oh, not yeah. something that you would want to aspire to, and it's something that those guys, I think, eventually get to a point in their lives where they realize, oh, this is making me tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's keeping me from <laughs> having any real connection to a real person sure. because it's not a real way to interact with real people. Sure, yeah. And, you know, I think all the, the John Belushi's and stuff, that was sort of their problem, kind of, you know. I mean, uh, you know, people that... Yeah, well, I didn't know him. Chris Farley's. It's good to pick, yeah, the, those super exaggerated people. I didn't know I didn't know those guys no, 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 in nor real I, life. Course, and the people obviously. who I do know in real life who are like what we're talking about, yeah. I wouldn't want to say their names because 
you know, I don't, I don't, who am I? But yeah. there are, but there are people like that, and I and I feel like a lot of it's because they're doing it because of shyness. They're not doing it because hey, I've reached this great point of my personal growth where I'm able to just entertain people they're all the time. They're doing it. They're hiding themselves too, really. Right. Right. That's a good point. It's a, like I'm not good enough to just be conversational with someone. I need to constantly be trying to entertain them so that they will like me. Well, I I 100% agree with that, but I I gotta say I still encounter. You know, people who aren't stand-ups who are a little disappointed if you're just if you're no, just like yeah. well, I do know a that. normal like, they- person when they meet you. Or how about when you uh, would audition for things in Hollywood? Uh, you know, what I've learned is people have told me, people who successfully audition mm-hmm. and who get roles, that the second you walk in the room, before you start doing the character, before you start doing the scene, you got to be like, hey, I'm the crazy guy. Welcome to the fun house or whatever your version of that is, you know. Well, and they're I- judging you from the moment you walk in. Yeah. But, right. But that's a different thing than a personal connection everybody does that differently though i've had uh, jobs or or show business things where i'm the guy in the room watching people come in and audition and a lot of people do that what you're talking about a different way some of them some of them are doing the thing that they're auditioning for in their personal interaction with you and some of them are doing a uh i'm a fun guy to hang around with and now also here's me acting you know, yeah. So they have different – successful people at it have different ways of doing it. My, one of my best auditions was I, uh, I, w- I got caught in a rainstorm, and I was pissed off about it. Like I was like angry when I mm-hmm. went in. And yeah. they were like, what happened to you? I was like, this damn stupid – let's just do this. And they loved that. Yeah. You know. Well, they, they do respond to you not caring. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's that's a big thing about stand up. It's like this is who I am when you're on stage. This is who I am. And you don't have to like it, but I'm just doing it. Yeah. And I hope that you I hope you enjoy it. But if you don't, I I don't really there's not there's not another thing that I'm going to pretend to do. Right. And so people I think people respond to that in in auditions too. That whole thing of like, look, I don't care. You can hire me or not, but this is what I'm going to this is what I'm going to do. And yeah. you can count on it. It's not going to it's not gonna. I'm not gonna get all self conscious and screw this up later because I, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you have to have that mm-hmm. clearly. Did you I, get the thing? I'm a little reactionary with audience members. Like I like to like yell or or you know I can't like I, I think like sometimes when something comes at you sometimes you can ignore it and if it's a big enough crowd nobody cares you know mm-hmm. but I tend to focus in on it. Someone's yelling something out or. Making a making a weird sound. Well, there was the guy last night who yelled. Yes, out. but that was a that was an easily kind of interpreted as like, hey, what the hell do you mean by it? some guy yelled out wetback? Yes, at the show that sure. we did here in Arizona, and that's yeah. not a thing that you you're allowed to yell out just well, by. Yeah. I mean, that's not you don't even have to be politically correct police to say like, whoa, hey, that's not. That's not cool. Right, and that's an extreme example. That's an extreme example. But I've had like lesser examples where. I just I I'm like what is going on over here? You know, you, well, you immediately assume that it's uh, aggressive and antagonistic, and it, and it might in fact just be. I have yeah, I get antagonistic with the audience sometimes. I mean, people enjoy it. The thing about me is that I'm like, um, you know, I'm doughy and like I have like a baby face, so I can get antagonistic, and people are like, ha, 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 ha. like I'm not threatening <laughs> he, at all. He can't hurt us, right? Exactly. They're not worried about that. But you could hurt so. them. Oh. Couldn't you? Well, their feelings, certainly. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of anger inside. Yes. I'm a monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all are. I feel like that's the thing that as a comedian, you have that. Not that you're trying to get it. Out, and not that I'm 
some rage machine thing. Right. But there is that thing of like, hey, wait a minute, I'm up here completely vulnerable, and you're just attacking me from the audience. Who? Yeah. What? Why are you doing? I was. I always kind of take the uh, the attitude of like, why would you do? Why would you try and hurt my feelings in yeah. this situation? Well, you haven't. You didn't really have a problem at all, did you? No, this I didn't weekend. have a problem last night. Yeah. Not last night. And also, tonight. I think that you know what? It's a lot about setting a tone too. Like, so for a long time, my act has been very like I talk to people a lot and kind of use that to get into bits. But I'm starting to think, well, maybe maybe I'll try to like phase that out a little bit or try something different because I think what I do right away is give people permission. You know what I mean? Like I, by doing that. And you get up and you are like, and now I talk and you just start talking. And then probably people tend to yell out less, you know, because you don't establish that that's something that happens. Well, and if I do talk to them, it's because they've done something that's got my attention. And I'm trying to kind of, hey, here's some attention for you. Yeah, maybe you, you maybe it's not everything you thought it was going to be because yeah. everyone's looking at you and you don't have an act. I haven't. I have one. Right. And so they usually quiet down. But that thing that you're talking about, where you kind of engage with the audience to ask these rhetorical questions that you don't really want an answer to, you yeah. sort of assume you assume what they're going to think when you ask them, so that then you can get your thing. That's a device, but it's a dangerous device yeah. because you don't really want them to talk, but you kind of are asking them to talk. Right. And if they do talk and it's not what you wanted them to say, it can completely mess you up. But it can also be – I mean it can also be – when it's rhetorical, it is, it's a total mistake. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be rhetorical. If it's going to be a conversation, it should really be a conversation. But it can also be kind of like – it can be kind of cool sometimes. You can kind of – create something that's very different that's interesting for you because you have to do that all right. of us have to do the same material over and over sometimes it, it's a new joke like you could do it another show just your interaction or, mm-hmm. or what whatever comes out of your mouth and sometimes uh, but the thing is everybody has to understand what's going on and i find that when i do when i do it in los angeles or new york you're dealing with a lot of people who just are familiar with the concept of stand-up comedy and how it works and this guy's really performing for us but he's asked me a question so i'll play along so they're all like willing test subjects but when you're sometimes out in the middle of the country people just and they're not being jerks or assholes they're just not familiar Uh with how it works so when i try to apply that same model there they're kind of like i guess we just scream whenever we want you know (laughs) yeah the worst one ever is when every time i would get quiet during a show in chicago this guy would go lick your dad's balls very clearly and uh finally i mean I, i try to just tease him a little bit you know or or then i was like why are you doing this like calm down and finally it got so he was destroying joke after joke he'd said it like 17 times so i said stop it why are you saying that and they turned the lights on and i said why are you saying that why are you saying that when they turned the lights on he wasn't drunk Uh he he looked shocked that i was yelling at him and he was honestly i swear to god remorseful and he goes you were talking about it i hadn't told a joke about my dad i hadn't t- told a joke about licking i don't or did you ever balls? get an explanation of why he thought that i didn't have a chance they it's started a crazy pulling person him out of the room. he has to go i think he has to go he has to go way before 17 times the whole thing is like <laughs> look if you're saying something that i can then build something on yeah that's one thing i mean it's still like you're not supposed to it's a little naughty i'm trying to do a show right and you're inserting topics but if it's something that then i can build on and it's fine and then you're quiet and you get out of the way and let me go back to the roadmap that i've got going or or if we're having an interaction that's that's meaningful and good that's one thing but when you're just doing a random thing 
thing that keeps throwing off timing and that no one else likes. It's so like, weird. Yeah, that's not count, that's counterproductive. But, but I swear, I was so shocked when the lights came on and he just looked like, "Why are you mad? I don't understand what I did." Like, there are, but that's a very common thing, don't you think? If people get thrown out of a show, I've seen not that it happens a ton, but. Over the decades of me doing stand-up, I've seen a lot of people get thrown out, and it's very common for them to be like, "This, they don't understand. What, well, I'm not doing anything wrong." But, but it just shows me how far my experience is from theirs, because to me, it, it, nothing could be more self-evident. You know, right? Well, they have only see, they don't they don't I think put us into the same category with other kinds of shows. Like, look, it's not okay to yell stuff at movies. People do that, but that's yeah. not okay. It's not okay to yell stuff at a play, Broadway show. No. I mean, no, almost no one does that. Right. But people at comedy clubs are like, "What? We're not allowed to. We're not allowed to yell or insert ourselves into the show." Yeah. Didn't you say last night someone was doing a thing where they said, "Oh, I guess we were laughing too loud." That was, was that yeah. Was Boomer was Boomer. talking about yeah. that. Yeah, well, I guess we were laughing too loud. No, that's not what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, super weird. Uh, so I like that. I like the interaction, but I'm starting to think. Eh, I'd rather just talk about my own stuff now. You know, do your own, do your own thing. Do, do my you're own still thing. Still gonna get yeah. enough random. I like having the crowd work. I like having the crowd work tool. And sometimes it can be, it can really help if the show is terrible, terrible, and it's not your fault. Well, it's a, it's a way that you can engage people who are not engaged, but right. it's not a good thing to engage people who are already prone to over-engaging. Yes. So, yeah. So, I'm definitely more trying to get more into material now than, uh, than finding out what material they would be interested in. Yeah, they um, don't know. They yeah, they seen, don't know. They haven't seen. They don't know all your they stuff. They don't know. They don't know all your stuff. Yeah. So you're moving to Los Angeles. Big career. That's a big uh, thing the, in a comedian's career. This is sort of like something of, we're talking about. I think it's going to happen. Oh, right. You're negotiating it with your soon-to-be fiancé. Yes. Your lady. Yeah. That's a good way. That's an old-fashioned way of saying it. With my lady. That kind of implies that she, you do own her. She's your lady. My chattel. You didn't, yeah. Well, that's that's bad. a jump. That's super bad. Uh yeah. But uh, I think a lot of people, you can say that, and people don't even know what it means anymore. Right. Chattel. Yeah. Did, he, like, did he mean cattle? That's what they're gonna assume. Yeah. He yeah. called her a cow. Yeah. I hope she doesn't hear this. No, um, she won't. It's only it's on the internet, but she won't it's hear only it. easily accessible. Yeah, she could find it if she wants She's to. She's gotten mad at me for, admittedly, asinine things I've said on podcasts before. For example. Oh yeah, could yeah. You, of course, could, I can't say great. that to you and then not. <laughs> I think well, what happened was I broke up. I, we broke up for a short period at one point years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know I basically did an interview about it. So imagine the things that I said, you know. But that was you were broken up at the time. Yeah, I know, but it's still it, it lacks class, you know, to to mm, break I up with somebody and then go on some podcast and be like, well, she never did this, and I felt this way. It's like you know, it's kind of lame. I guess I guess I do see your point, but it's pretty. This, you say it lacks class as if like no one's ever done it. When in fact, I feel like the opposite is true. It's more common that someone gets dumped and they go, "Okay, let me tell you what is wrong with the person who just dumped yeah. me." Then they go, "And I'm not going to talk about that because it's classless." Here's what's insane: it's what people want to hear, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I still feel like you haven't satisfactorily explained all right. even. So what I said tangential. about her at the time, I'll say it again because yeah, we've, sure. we've resolved all and this. We know that this is true. You were under a misconception about her at the time. I mean, it's somewhat true, but maybe not in the way I presented it. I said that, you know, 
she was a little bit like motherly, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to learn to be my own man and stop having someone doing things for me and things like that. You know what I mean? Because was, there was also an element of control to that sort of help that she was giving me, right? And what I wanted of, to what, – what, what, what do I mean by that? By help, like – Well, like, you know, I want to eat this. No, no, you eat this, right? This is better for you eat this. Or I want to stay up all night watching movies. I mean, literally, like, things you tell your kid. Super, you not, can't, not just motherly, like treating you like a child. Twice. Right. You, not, you are not allowed to set your own bedtime. Right. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, like, I think another part of it was I just wanted to, like, have sex with other women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then also, I think she wasn't really – I don't think she was as controlling as I said that she was on that podcast, but it really hurt her feelings yeah. to talk about that. She was it, still in love with you because she's listening to podcasts – that you're doing after she's broken oh, up with you. And I was still in love with her. I was having like dreams about her all the time. Mm-hmm. But I for like months, you know, I did her changing your diaper girls. and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. No, uh <laughs> the, we never get into any diaper play sexually, but No, uh, I meant by the, that was like a mothery thing. No, no, I know. Done, I was yeah. I was taking it to a gross place. But um she uh so then what happened was I had to like when I finally realized I, I you know I, I hated being without her, I loved her. I dated a couple other women and and uh I, I was like, okay, I've had sex with other women and you know, I've I've looked around a little bit and I miss her. Mm-hmm. And then it took me so long to convince her to take me back. It was like hilarious. I sort of whoa, really? She was she was a little tough she has about pride. It. Yeah, she well, was but, like, but do you think part of that was because she knew that she had you, and so she just didn't want to reel you in all the way? At no, first, I or? think I think I think our relationship definitely before we broke up was uneven. You know what I mean? Like uh, in terms of power, there wasn't a lot of equality. And, Who had uh, the power? It depended on the situation because I've been doing stand up. She's also a comic, right? Her name's Kara Clank. She's hysterical. I'd been doing stand-up a lot longer, so I was starting to see some success, or I just had a higher standing in the whatever the little stand-up community in New York or whatever. So in those ways, I kind of had kind of like more hand or whatever, but in, in our careers. But then at home, she kind of had a lot of hand. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of what our plans are, bedtime, well, what we're eating, and things like that. But here's the thing, though. It's like... It's like now it's more equal because we just – I mean I just – I feel like we just talk about it when mm-hmm. things come up instead of just getting mad and resenting it. Well, that's the thing in a relationship. You have to be ready to talk it through. You can't, yeah. You have to kind of say, look, we're on the same team and it's not good in the clubhouse. There's only two of us. Right. So if we're fighting, it's hard to be a team. So we need to work it out. Yeah. Got to, we both got to be open to listening to what the other person is bugged by and see if we can take it down to a level where we can operate. Right, right. Yeah. It can't be like this, like, arguing about reality. Like, you're, this is too late. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's got to be, here's why I want you to do this. Like, can we come to a compromise or whatever? whatever. Uh, but, and, you know, the, the career thing, the fact that we're both comics, there's always going to be some tension there. You've got to, like, use that tension or find the positive side of it, which is that she can, like, come on the road with me, you know? And that's... Mm-hmm. That could be so much fun to have someone to kind of share that with you a little right. bit, you know. Um, uh, and so she's going to, like, open for me when I record my album and everything. And, like, that's going to be so fun. 
Uh, we kind of get to see the country together. That's yeah, fun, yeah. you know. So, and uh, I thought about writing material for my wife so that we could spend time right? on the road. She's not even a comedian. She's funny, but I thought about doing like getting her some little <laughs> act so that then I could just bring her along with me. Sure, why not? Or we could go because it would be especially good if we were going to. Uh, some international festival someplace because she would want to come on that anyway. And this would be her earning some money. But, Perfect. Uh, Maybe she could to learn to juggle or do fire breathing or the real problem with my wife in that situation yeah. is she would, she would not, I would not be a credible person to say, look, this is what you need to do. If you're going to be in the show, she has her own creative opinion. She's, yeah. she's a, a, an act, and so she's used to being on stage and she's done a one woman show. She's been on the podcast a few times oh. and she's funny. So she wouldn't let me write her act. And then it would, then it's tough when you're doing a show where you're like, you know, people are coming up to you going, Hey, the feature act was not very good. And I go, I know I can't, I wrote, <laughs> I, she won't let me write her any jokes. Well, no one's ever said that uh, to us. No, but, I know your wife um, is an actual real comedian. She's yeah, a comedian. She's super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that your wife is anything like your mom? Maybe she's more like my mother or my father. Too more bold. like your more, father. She's more, I, think, I think my wife is a little more like my dad in a, in a sense. If I had to make that analogy of what the problem is, if I had to really put, a, put my finger yeah. on it. You know, boy, I really hope she doesn't listen to this now. Yeah, no, this, you know. Yeah, this is private. I this might, is private internet stuff. I might destroy this your computer after this. But uh, I, the only reason I bring that up is because, you know, when I was talking to this therapist guy that I had, you know, we were talking about my mom all the time. In, in, uh, and by the way, I don't think every problem you have comes from your parents. And I don't actually blame my mom for anything i just you know and th- that was sort of his point too is just you are who you are because of how your parents raised you right so i have a very assertive you you could say you could say controlling that's sort of negative but she's just very on alpha mom right mm-hmm. and so i ended up with a girl who's just an independent forceful willful alpha woman you know and when I, you know, when when we, he and I were talking about that, I was like, it's like you don't have any free will. Like, it's well, like- no, I don't think it's like you don't have free will, but I think it's a, there's a subconscious thing of like, it's, it's who I'm it's attracted like, to. Well, and it's also that thing of people get into uh, sports or video games and they're like, oh, I see where I blew it. Now I want to go back. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it right this time. Yeah. And I feel like that this psychology thing where you pick one of your parents and you go like, okay, I get, I get how I wasn't able to handle my dad when I was a little kid, but now I'm grown up, and so I'm going to pick right. someone who's similar but also way sexier and awesome and have a, has a – you know, she's not like my dad. She's but she, sexier she, than your dad, you'd yeah, say? Yes, way. <laughs> and she – but she's she's got some of the qualities that I found difficult with him, and now I'm trying to like, okay, here's how Doing we're going to work again. through it. We're going to finesse it. And, I mean, I – to the same ex- – to the, to the same opposite kind of extent, I feel like she is often like – literally saying out loud that shit that you're doing is like some something that my dad did yeah and i'm always having to say look i'm not him you're not my dad i'm not your dad we're each other and we i get the comparison but we're so different from those people we're not those people right We're we're just similar so let's let's really try and use that if it can help our to relationship, but to not change the yeah, but pattern. not but not believe like you can't. If you really think that I'm like that guy, I'm doing to you what that guy did. 
then we got a problem. It's all about breaking patterns. Yeah. yeah. You know, creating. Yeah. That's it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be all of human civilization is just trying to repeat it. Repeat the same things, but get them right the next time, get or get it right. better. Well, I feel like in in the marriage, I'm kind of trying to come to a place that I'm trying to also come to in my regular life with people. If I've got a conflict or there's some kind of something that's not the way I want it to be, to not force it, but to really kind of engage with the other person and say, "Look, what what is what's where? How can we fix this so that we're both happier than we are now?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to be, uh, like, very zen, but I'm, like, kind of the opposite of zen. I'm very, like, uh, like I'm, like, a hothead, like, about, like, well, you have that whole bit about traffic or whatever. Right, like right. That I'm, like, the person who, like, gets red in the face and kind of starts screaming and stuff. And- I'm trying to be not zen, not like, hey, I'm not having those feelings, but just say, I'm having those feelings but I'm not going to light somebody up. I'm not going to throw right. a big anger fit. I'm going to see if I can kind of bleed off that energy in a productive way. Yeah, you know? me, t- me too, but, man, it's hard. It is hard. I'm, doing, I'm better now than I was like a couple of years ago. You know, I had an idea for a business that was like it was it was not customer service, but it was a person that you could call. It was like a, cu- a combination of customer service and therapy where you could call them up and you could just – get mad at them oh, and that's totally awesome. describe they couldn't do anything about it but they would just keep apologizing and ask you more about what was bugging you and <laughs> start you know offering to really help you out and right. you know and you could just until you're finally exhausted and but no one would want to have that job I, imagine what you would just look at what you have to pay someone just to go to a therapist just to have a kind of a calm discussion yeah about what's bugging you in the Boy, world and having gone as a client i can say that i would never want that job just listening to people all day just like talk about themselves i mean clearly i like to do the opposite which is talk about myself all day but right but they're damaged in another way from us i mean the therapist (laughs) they're not some genius person who's great at being a person they're a person they're some person who's like i really what i need to do in my life is help other people who are damaged and so which that means that there's something there that's not a that's not a healthy no, way no. to be in the world. Just All right, I'm so not, what's I'm a not healthy saying, job? I'm not saying comedian is a healthy job no, no. either. This is a crazy We know job. we've ruled out comedian and therapist. They're all lunatics. So I guess fireman, is that a healthy job? No, risking your life every day, that's not normal. No, that's they're working some shit out too. I can tell you my a lot of people in my family are in healthcare and they 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 have kind of a martyr kind of a thing about them where they kind of a little bit enjoy working their asses off for people who kind of don't appreciate it mm-hmm. and then kind of complaining about it you know what i mean like that's something that they kind of get off on I that's think. the one if you i think the only reason to complain you got is that you enjoy it like it's and that's one of the great things about stand-up comedy right. it's just like hey i'm allowed to complain about the things that are bugging me it does it's not going to solve any of those things right. but we're all having a laugh and i feel better you validated my point of view and you feel better because i validated your point of view we all laughed and now we can go home. I feel like that's sort of healthy, but people who like to complain all the time and they're miserable about it, it's yeah. like you're just digging a hole. You're just you're in a hole and you're digging deeper with that complaining. Yeah. It's not going to work. You're finally going to wind up in a pit. Yeah. But, but there's uh, just so many people that that's that's I mean, I think most people that's just kind of how they deal all what, day. But then some to okay, so here's 
we, we're talking about the healthiest people or jobs well, or the way, healthiest job? The healthiest, I mean, that was sort of a I, – I threw it out there like a bit, you know. But I would say the healthiest way to be in the world, you know, you talk about these Zen Buddhist monks or like the Dalai Lama. Yeah. I mean, there's something about the way he is and the way he's just being gentle and nice to each other and people are liking him and he's traveling around. But people also hate him. And, all, and really, he's only doing that. I sort of have this thing of like, yeah, I want to do that but part-time. I want to meditate right. and kind of become – free of some of the burdens of anxiety and worry and anger but i don't just want to do that i don't want to do that all day long yeah i want to do comedy shows and joke around and then just have that to keep me normal it's in like between. an extra thing who who hates the dalai lama the chinese hate him uh, well yeah okay no I, but I, i'm I, saying there are, there are people and then there's 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 a religious you know there's um, Christian people sure, who, who hate him and hate Muslim him people who hate him because wrong. he's got a different opinion. They, they think can't. That, they think that he worships monkeys or something like that. Right. They can't get on board with a whole like yeah. this guy. This is a guy who's doing more Jesusy type of stuff yeah. than any of the people that. I have a got. bone to pick with the Dalai Lama. Do you? Well, this well, is a good spot for, for it. For a little bit. If he's people, still listening. <laughs> I, he probably listens. I think he's a fan. Yeah. So. For a long time, all people were posting this like little gif of him on uh, Facebook, like with a quote of his. Mm-hmm. It's all these like very you know city people, pro sciencey people. I'm a pro science person, but they it's were hard post- to be anti science. I feel oh, like. but a lot of people manage it very strongly. Uh, I think a lot of people in this country do. You mean religiousy people are anti science? Generally, it's them, but then there's also people who you know I, I think just don't really trust it or trust medicine or anything. So anyway, but 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 I also you know these people were posting this like Dalai Lama thing, this thing he said where he was like, if science proves some part of Buddhism to be wrong, then Buddhism will have to change. So uh, they you know of course they love this quote because it's like this guy saying, if science says some part of my religion is wrong. I'll change my religion, which is kind of a revolutionary idea in a little way if you think about it. But my thing is, how is science – I mean it's kind of an easy claim to make because what scientific pursuit is ever going to prove part of Buddhism to be wrong? Buddhism's like all of your struggles are illusions. Is someone going to be like, well, we measured your illusions and they're actually fears? I mean it's not – you can't well, but prove in fact, it wrong. The, the opposite is true. The um – Buddhism, they've studied monks' minds, and their scientific assessment of what's going on in monks' minds is actually proving some Parts religion. Parts of Buddhism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 like, this is, this is how you can calm your mind, and it's a better way to live in the world. And then they put them on these scientific scans, and they go, yeah, the proof. You can look at their brains and see that what they're saying is, is actually true. So I feel like him saying that if science proves Buddhism is wrong, that he would change Buddhism is is sort of just the fact that hey, with science that's how science feels. If science says, look, yeah. if you if you if Christianity or Islam or um, the Dalai Lama can prove scientifically that there's some scientific thing is wrong, then the science is all about like, look, oh, we thought that was true, but now we got some new information, right. and so we're ready to change. We got to add seven to our equation. I like that though that they're that they're proving that the meditation like has you know these powers these abilities and stuff. I've like been that. trying to do it, but it's not easy to sit and just quietly. It. Well, you just sit and focus on your breath. That's the easiest way to do it. You sit in a chair with your back straight so that you're not falling asleep. You know you want to keep from sleeping, but close your eyes and inhale and exhale and just think about inhaling and exhaling. And if you start thinking about anything else. 
calmly release that and go back to just inhaling and exhaling. Try it for 10 minutes. And it makes you nuts because you Difficult. you keep realizing like, oh, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go get a sandwich. Or I, I just remembered I got to call my mom because it's so rare in our lives that we even have time when we're being quiet. Right. Then all of it. So you wind up managing your to-do list and getting that's what happens to me i mean everybody has different distractions yeah and so you have to keep saying look not no i'm gonna let go of that and i'm just gonna refocus on my breath and uh, some people probably get to a point where they can really they really just go into a, a like a trance state right or a meditative state and they don't I, think about anything well their timer goes off or what i don't think they get completely like that maybe some of those yeah. mon- monkey guys the monks do. have to be able to because what do they do they live in some like rock building up on a mountain what do they got to worry trees. about? They don't have a to-do list. Well, right. And they, they're excited about dinner. It's the same bowl of brown crap yeah, that they ate yesterday. Like, oh, it's like, I I'm can't wait. Have it's time for the brown, brown thing. Again. And then I'm going to watch the dishes. Wow, that's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot more things to get distracted by. But I think as you do it, the longer you do it, the, uh, the idea... In, in my understanding of it, and what do I know? Because I can barely sit for 20 minutes. But um, is that, that you, you become less and less distracted there's there's more and more time where you just are sitting there with your breath and having the experience of like um i'm i'm okay yeah you know it's this is just all right and that's really what you want sounds really nice that's what i want in the face of like some jerky hecklers doing something or somebody cuts me off in traffic or my wife does something that makes me mad i don't want to start yelling right away or get angry or or have that you know response right. i want to go look i'm i'm okay now let's what what is this about that's right. what i'd like to do yeah no that's that's definitely a goal for me is, is to get to that point too that sounds like a, a nice way to live yeah it sounds very difficult to achieve but a nice i think it's difficult to achieve but you'll see how i feel like all this stuff in your life when you're just single yeah. And you kind of go through that point of your life where you start to ask yourself, why am I this way? And what, what do I want to change some things about myself because they're not working for me? And right. you, you, maybe you go to therapy or you turn to religion or you start meditating or any of those things. All of that stuff that you finally kind of feel like you're rearranging and straightening out yeah. when you get married it reactivates in a new way that takes you by surprise. You don't even realize, oh, that's that same <laughs> shit. The tiger got back out of the box. Yeah. You know? And then so it happens when you get married or get in a relationship. When you get in the relationship you're already experiencing, when you get married, it it blossoms right. again. And so you got to be ready for that. And then when you have a kid, even when you first get pregnant, that starts to it reactivates all your stuff and all of her stuff and you know it keeps i feel like now after this 12 years of marriage and our daughter we're finally getting to a point where we're sort of really getting down to hey we're a team and we love each other and this is great and yeah that whole thing that's cool that's interesting yeah that just you just keep repeating it like different stuff activates it yeah 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 i I think it's so funny like okay so yeah now i'm in my 30s and like i still you know even though i am going uh all right i want to change this and this has to change i'm very much in that mode right now where i'm like oh, i gotta fix this i gotta fix that blah 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 this that and the other thing i still think it's preferable to my 20s where i was 1000% 1000% confident about all my decisions and I think I was a complete asshole like just like a raging jerk 
about so many things. And and also very self-destructive in my drinking and my eating and, you know, right. my relationships and just everything. But never, ever remorseful or thinking anything needed to change. It's sort of – I feel like that to me starts when you're a teenager. Like when you're 15, 16, you feel like that's okay, mom and dad. I got all the answers. I right. got this. I'm a grown-up. I've been watching how the world works, and I got it. I right. got it figured out. And it's the thing that happens to everybody. And in modern society, we don't have that ritual. Like in in tribal life in right. Africa, you know, it's like when that happens, they go, okay, take off all your clothes right. and go out into the jungle and just be out there by yourself and try and get your shit together for a few days, survive on your own. And then when you get back, we're going to cut a piece of your penis off. And if you cry, no one's going to have sex with you. So... <laughs> You know, that that kind of takes you down a peg. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that's what we should do in the world. But I no, think, no. But I it, think this unchecked kind of hubris that people go through when they're teenagers, it, it, it takes a long time when there's no, there's no even acknowledgement. Like, you know, this is a thing that happens to everyone. And we all kind of need to find a way to reality check these people and help them to get to the place that sounds like you're you're at right now you know what i mean i wish i wish i'd start started i mean everybody wishes they they had been a better person earlier or i wish i'd changed some things earlier (laughs) not everybody well donald trump does not wish that oh no he's complete he's still in that uh, 20s phase yeah i think so and i don't think he's coming out i don't think i don't think he's coming out life that way Good for him. There is something about it that's it's a very that's simple, like, fun life for him. He found a way to just be that kind of confident, all-knowing Money. jackass forever. Money. That's what does it. If you have, whenever you, I mean, I, I was sad to realize I was very, I was very poor uh, for a while. You know, we, if you're a comedian, that happens. And then when I started to make a little money, and I am not, I don't have very much money, but I have a lot more than I had. Yeah. Uh, how how much more like at peace with myself I suddenly was. I mean, I find that depressing. But I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not worried about making rent now. You know, if I get sick, I have insurance. I'm not worried about that. Mm-hmm. And it just made me like immediately like, oh, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Like, I, I you think if you have money that you know what you're doing. If you don't have money, you're like, what am I doing? I'm I've made mistake. I made a mistake. I'm doing everything wrong. Well, I feel like part of that is is like an illusion, and and I get what you're saying, like why it's irrational. But then part of it is just factual. Like if you have enough money that you can pay your bills and your basic survival needs are right. met, and you can then you're spend, handling your yeah, and you can spend some time pursuing happiness, you're going to be happier than yeah, people yeah, yeah. who are like, look, I got to go to work every day, and I can't, I don't have enough money to pay for my food and my expenses and my kids' food and my kids' expenses. Is you know the life is just not good. But they, I read somewhere that that there's this this these studies about money where would you, it does make you happier until you hit a certain amount, and it's not a ton. It's like whatever the yeah, average. It's, like it's not a, in a million. It's not a million. It's not a million. It's, it's, lower it's, than it's that. like you're I, making heard about this too. You're making just a just a decent living where you've got yourself covered for the year. Then the amount of happier that you get by having more money, it's not directly correlated anymore like a guy that that's why i think a guy 
who is super rich and who never has to take a look at himself can can live this miserable life because yeah. he's got the blessing of never having to worry about anything, but he's also got the curse of like never having to examine anything. Right. No, he doesn't have to. I mean, it's if you have that much money in your bank account, clearly things are going right in some way, even if you aren't Donald Trump, you inherited from somebody. I bought an issue of Forbes, which I've never, ever been mm-hmm. interested in any thing like that big business but because it was the billionaires list uh-huh. and i just uh, suddenly was curious like who are they what what do they think is interesting like what's their whole take on it and the only thing that my, my takeaway was i and, and then by the way i was writing a joke about this so but it, it's like so you deducted that magazine right off your taxes oh yeah i'm deducting it from my yeah. taxes especially because it's eight dollars so no wonder it's like the magazine yeah. about billionaires but it's like forbes is kind of like gauche it's like he just bought this house for exactly this amount of money and she just bought this house it's like you're like the gossipy lady on my street well that's the thing about these rich guys they're super jealous of each other and they're only like they're not happy being billionaires yeah they're unhappy because there's some other billionaire who's got a thing that they don't have right, right. I, I bought the 116 million dollar house but he bought the 200 million dollar yeah, yeah, house they're sitting on their jet looking at somebody else's jet thinking that's what I wish I had yeah. you know Un- that's so insane. And they're not even having fun. The, a lot of the stuff that rich people do, these go to these big events where it's thousands of dollars for a plate and they got to wear tuxedos and, and act like they give a shit about each other. And they, yeah. they're only interacting with other rich people. They're not interacting with any, like, really fun alcoholics like right. we know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that, 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 or, or, like, you know, sometimes when I meet people who, uh, you know, weren't all part of the show, like, weird audience members or just weirdos in the mm-hmm. city I'm in, I'm like, well, let's see where this goes. Whereas, you know, sometimes I, 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 you, you meet a stranger and you're like, uh-oh, this is going to be a hassle. Who is this person? Why do they want a piece of my time? Mm-hmm. But I, I've kind of tried to be a little bit open, you know, uh, because it can be interesting. But, yeah, those people are never meeting anybody like that because there's all these layers of protection between them and a normal guy walking down the street. Well, and every once in a while, guys like us will wind up in one of those places where they are because we're the entertainment right. or, or we're friends with someone who's the entertainment and you're there and you see and you can't wait to, like, God, let's get out of here and go have a yeah, beer. Yeah, it's so dull you know? usually. I... I I also wonder, like, I'm reading the Forbes magazine. I'm wondering what they do all day. Like, what is their day like when they go into work? Yeah, well, what is it? Could you figure that out? I don't know, but they're worth billions of dollars, right? And they own all these companies. And I know it talks a lot about them selling the company or not selling the company or buying a new company. But they're never doing any of the interesting part. Like, if you buy a satellite company, that's boring to me. Figuring out how satellites work or launching one into space or yeah, get a designing a new satellite, a that all sounds interesting to me. It's nothing I could ever do, but that sounds interesting. Just buying the satellite company or selling it sounds so amazingly dull to me. Yet these guys are like, you won't believe what this guy bought and then sold and then bought again. Yeah. They think it's so cool. Well, or they have all these great unbelievable houses like they show you this he's got this house and this house and this house and this boat and this other thing and it's like when does he go 
get to be inside of those and yeah. have fun. Well, no, he, he goes there for a weekend every once in a while. It's like, look, that's not that doesn't sound good to me. That doesn't yeah. sound good. And, but I think it's also you can get to be so rich that the amount of money that you spend, even just being ridiculously lavish in every decision you make, you've got so much money that it keeps just earning more money. There's right. no way that you you can't you once you get to a certain point, you can't screw up anymore. You can't go bust. Yeah. But one thing in this magazine said that there were people that over the 23 years they've been doing the billionaires list in the Forbes mm-hmm. magazine, a lot of people have become non-billionaires after having been on the list before. Mm-hmm. So you can go from billionaire to simply millionaire, and then I guess you're kind of a failure. Mm. I, I really feel like <laughs> I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know what I would – I, I'm not. I'm never going to become a billionaire yeah. because I would stop. I would stop giving a shit about becoming a billionaire way before I got to be a billionaire. And I would say, look, now I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. Absolutely. You get to millionaire, you're good. I mean, uh, yeah. I think about how busy my day is as a unknown middling comedian, and how I wish I had more time to just have fun, or I mean, just like do things with my girlfriend that aren't. You know, errands. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, and I think these guys must just be all day just talking about their money. Like, they must go. I mean, I, you, you when you read about their their um, their routine, it's like I I work out. It's at five forty in the morning. Then I'm in the office at six. And then I, you know, I'm working until ten o'clock at night. Yeah, know? beautiful lady brings me an orange juice. I don't know what else she even does. Yeah, the Did orange juice lady. Me? She's really nice. I was sad when I found out she was retiring. Um, <laughs> I almost had an emotion when I found out the orange juice lady was retiring. Um, what about what about uh, you? You talked about a thing earlier in the context of happiness and in the context of relationships. And you know, as a married person, that I've thought about that whole thing of like you wanted to have sex with other people. Yeah, you know. So I feel like I have in my life done that and it's do you think that a person could be happy having sex with a new new people all the time just a series of little short like either one night stands or a couple month flings and there could a, could a person be happy doing that because uh, i don't think i could do that i think that there are people that, i think that there are people who are happier as single people but the very important distinction or, or detail about that is that they're not basing any of their happiness on who they're having sex with that night. They're not even – they probably they go through periods where they're not really seeking it out or they're letting it happen if it happens. But that somehow they've done a very rare thing where they're not basing their entire life on either seeking a mate or – or who they're you know who who they're catching that night and having sex with, they're just kind of like letting it happen. I, I I have met at least one person I know who I think is happy single, who has that kind of attitude about it. He's an older guy, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe he went through an earlier phase where, and of course he's not like a perfect, you know, bodhisattva, brilliant genius or anything. It's just I think he's kind of like le- been able to let that go a little bit and let what happens happen. Well, I thought I was going to be that. I thought I was going to be single, but I feel like you'd be so kind of lonesome, you know? Even, yeah. Even though you would have that physical companionship, even though let's say you never spent a night alone, you would just have a, someone in your bed every night, yeah. but they wouldn't be a person that you were really connected to because 
they're they're rotating out of there all the time. I think I actually think that you know guys get really confused about the the, the fun part of sex. I think guys a lot of times think that the fun part of sex is ejaculating, when in fact the fun part of sex is convincing someone that they want or or having someone admit that they want to have sex with you. That the, is true. The, that's the moment of for me you, when your soul ejaculates, where you're like, "This person wants me." Like that's they the would exciting do sexual part. I feel like I got to that. I feel like I got to that. Like you know, the different la- having an orgasm with different a bunch of different ladies. Then you kind of realize, oh well, that is that. I get what that is. Yeah. But what is really the nice part is when you realize they would want to do that with you. Yeah. And then it's almost like, okay, I don't need to. I don't need to do the rest of the thing. Right. You know what I mean? It took me, you know, I think it probably went at the point where I broke up with my girlfriend for I mean, a I, while. I do need to, to have a sex life, but I have that with my wife. You right. Know? But it is nice to know that someone finds you attractive. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, th- th- exactly. Like, my girlfriend lets me know that she finds me desirable all the time. So I have the best. P- and then also... We have sex, so that's the best part of that, and it happens regularly and with someone I trust, and I think it gets it, it gets better as time goes on because you have trust, and it's just like you know exactly what the other person likes and all that, you know, mm. whereas with like uh, when I was out I, – but I think before I broke up with my girlfriend, I still hadn't reached the point where I realized that the part that I really like is having someone desire me. You know what I yeah. mean? And, uh, and also I – I, I, I mean, of course, I wasn't good with girls when I was younger. I was a geeky kid or whatever. So like I, I also said, of course, needed, of course you weren't. I mean, I think it's obvious if you listen to me talk for a little bit. So I just I, I also needed to prove that I could that I had the skill of and, I, and for me that have obviously like, like very late in life. But I had to break up with my girlfriend and prove that I could just go into a bar and make a woman want to have sex with me or convince a woman to come home with me and then once i had done that a bunch of times i uh uh on that last like little spurt of singlehood i was kind of like oh okay i can do that so i've proven i can do that to myself and really the only part that was important to me was proving that i could do that you know yeah yeah well it's like i was just listening to you talk about that and thinking about myself and it's it's almost like you're first you're trying to convince yourself that you're worthy for someone to be with you. Yeah. And then you get to the point of like, okay, I get it. I believe that I'm worthy. Now I want to be with someone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but some people don't, they don't get to that or wait, it's always weird to me when some people have found that person, then gotten married or whatever, and then they want to fuck around on them and I hurt their feelings and, and undermine that connection that they have with the person that that always seems I don't like get a it weird, either. Like, and uh, but there's a lot of people that do that and right and and, like, and and make that. I mean, for some people, it almost seems like it's not even a mistake. It's like the marriage was the mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, it's a weird thing of like, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, undermine this one relationship that I have of a person who trusts me and believes in me and is my partner, I'm going to trade all that for an orgasm inside of another person. It just seems it seems like a silly Sometimes trade they don't, They're not even very good at hiding it because they clearly want out of the marriage or whatever. Yeah, well, that's one thing. If you're just doing that, like, I'm, I need to hurt this person so that yeah. they will to make sure that I can get out of the marriage. I, I sort of understand that on some level. It's kind of, it's mean, but I do get that. But it, I'm more talking about the thing where it's like, Oh, I can't believe now now my poor marriage is ruined 
And all I did, I didn't think she was going to find out about me doing this. It's like, yeah. what the, come on, really? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I've never, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never wanted to uh, cheat on, well, no, I've wanted to cheat on somebody. I mean, I've I had the thought, but then I immediately like, yeah, but then I'm, I'd have to be that type of person. I would have to change my view of myself. Like, I kind of want to be a, a like a, a good guy. You know, and I would feel like a real shitty person if I did that. Well, that's kind of what I say to my wife. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to cheat on you because I'm not a liar. Right. I, I don't want to become a liar. Yeah. I feel I take more pride in not being a lying asshole than, yeah. than I do in like, sure, I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's absolutely the case. I love you and I wouldn't want you to be hurt. Yeah. But also, I'm not a liar. I said that I love you and I want to be with you. And I'm, that's no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my single friends that are like getting, like I have some single friends who definitely are like constantly chasing tail, like nonstop. And they are lonely. And they just... It, every time, like, okay, your buddies who are single, like, once you get you get in a marriage or you get in a very long term monogamous relationship, I think that they're like, you never hang out with me anymore. You never, hey, why don't we do guy stuff? But then when I go and I do guy stuff with them, it's like they they're just chasing women around the bar. And I'm like, I thought we were gonna talk. This is boring to me. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm not really, you know, yeah. Well, maybe that, I'm a bad wingman. Honestly, I don't know what I'm. My well, role is in that. Well, once you're married, that's like I w- I'll go and watch a game or have a beer or something. But if you want to go hit on girls, that's I'm not going along with that. I already have a girl, so go do that. But I always thought that was weird when you're on the road with guys and you're hanging out and it's after the show. And I get it, you know, you're with some guy single, he's not doesn't have a girlfriend and he thinks he's got a chance with somebody who was at the show yeah. and he wants to go do it. I get it. But I always kind of felt like, look, this is a stranger, and you're going to put hours of work into having sex with her, and then it's going to be a problem because you're not you're not going to want a relationship. And instead, we could go be laughing, and you know, we could go watch a, a movie, we could hang right. out and have a couple more beers and tell stupid stories about the road. Or I just rather when do you that. have when you have the regular good hookup, like the wife or the girlfriend that you actually like. You just and you watch a man hit on women, just the uh, they look like blithering idiots, and just how awful the whole deal is. The amount of time being spent, and the girl is like never. And by the way, I slept with a lot of like terrible just people. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the girl is never worth it. She's not worth the time. She's not worth the energy. Shout out to all the terrible people you slept with. There, I just slept with some nice ones too. Yeah. And so it's up to you if you're listening and you have had sex with Jared to decide if you <laughs> which one. All four of you. Yeah. Uh, it was more than that, but you know, it's like just you, you see my you know my friends like hitting on these girls. I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth. It's not worth ruining your night over or you know missing out on like other fun stuff over it's just not worth it but it's not worth it to me to me i have something i get it yeah i get it they're having a good time they're making their own choices but yeah i'm not i'm up for going out and doing guy stuff but if that means watching you hit on girls yeah i'm not that's not fun i i agree so i now i have to like kind of i think i'm gonna have to start making it clear like (laughs) <laughs> Look, if we, I'm not gonna watch you just like talk to some girl who I find irritating all night. I'm not gonna do it. Well, that's the other thing. It's like well, you, you, you really want to have sex with someone who you don't even like. Oh, I sometimes mean, doesn't even enter into the equation liking them. Come on, uh-huh. or they'll convince themselves that they like them. She's okay. I'm like she is, bar none, one of the stupidest people we've ever met. What are you talking about? You know. 
I feel like we've turned a little negative corner in the show now. I mean, women are idiots. <laughs> and they need to be. No. But they deserve to be independent. <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah, there, maybe there was a little negativity or anger there. Uh, well, that's the thing that I like about my wife is she is she is beautiful, but she's also smart and yeah. funny. And she's fun to be around. Like, I like just talking to her right you know it's fun yeah and so i don't need to go out and find some strange new person who is not interesting to me to talk to right or so like my girlfriend i would never separate her from anyone i know i want to show her to everybody i want her to be there when i'm hanging out with my my guy friends or family or what it's like she's she rules in all of those situations right um whereas i'll have guy friends who are like i'm dating this girl we'll bring her over I don't want to. I mean, she doesn't need to hang out with you guys. This is like guy time. I'm like, you've been dating her how long? Oh, like a year. That's, that's, that's tricky, too, because guys, once they start, well, all people, men and women, once you start having sex with someone, then you get confused about really, because they're, they're supplying you with a very important thing. Yeah. Physical contact, intimacy. And so you can get confused about whether or not you like them or how, if this is a real relationship, you know, there's right. people that are together for years and think that they, there's something better out there, but they won't stop being right. with this person. Cause they get whatever the, whatever that joy is, that yeah, regular joy injection, that's a poor choice of words, but uh joy injection. I like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and pitch I'm that to my wife. Psychologically. Like, why don't we... Instead of Game of Thrones, how about a joy injection? Joy injection. She'll love it. Yeah, sure. She will. I think so. (laughs) Probably we're going to have to do Game of Thrones first, but that's how she rolls. Um, So you're moving out to LA, and I'm going to look forward to. um, Are you going to have a showing for your girlfriend? Is there going to be like a group show where you're going to bring her out and show her off to everybody? (laughs) No, so I get to meet her. You can certainly meet her. Yeah, you can certainly meet her. her. We won't. We won't call it a coming out into society party. No, she's already. She's, right. already she's, she's already into the world. You she's can already her. had her quinceanera. I could Google her and, bo- and watch her do you stand can. up on, yeah, you, please on the do YouTube if you're if you're interested. Karaklink.com. Kara Klink. Klink. K L E N K. And she's K L E N K. K L E N K. Yeah. Kara is C A R K A R A. A lot of K's in the name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah. So. Well, great. I, this Wonderful. Is, I feel like this has been a good. I, you know, we did it. Don't you think? I had a great discussion with you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed time. it. I really appreciate you being on the this thing. Sure. And now I heard some rumor the other day that comics don't want to be on podcasts anymore. So I just I was listening to my friend Baron Vaughn, who's on the same podcast network, and he was saying there's a backlash in L.A. of comics saying, "Can't we just hang out? Why do we have to record it for the podcast?" And I sort of feel like. I, I that's a weird. Well, we also hang out. We've also hung out this week. We hung out. We're going to hang out some more we'll tonight. tonight. And this is hanging out also. This is this can also this be hanging also- out. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe some people are making it like very artificial. Like yeah. you know, they're not. They're like- only hanging out on podcasts, which I would say would be a mistake. That's silly. Yeah, you got to hang out in real world. In the real world, yeah, people. So right now, get something to eat. Let's do it. Okay, high five. Yes, brother. Sweet. Thanks. Thanks.
think that conversation sort of had it all, right? You got to hear about horror movies. You got to hear about a marriage proposal, love. There was some uh, relationship talk and it's comedy talk. I don't know what else you want. Murder? What do you want? Murder? I'm sorry, but we don't have murder. That's what we're not allowed to watch on the Jake Johansson of Jake This of Me podcast. Uh, we didn't have any murder for another week. This is uh, 95 episodes without a murder, ladies and gentlemen. We're very proud of our safety record here at the Jake This of Jake Johansson uh, podcast. Uh, check out Jared Logan at jaredlogan.com. And you can also check out his soon-to-be fiance or fiance, uh, Kara Klink, Kara Klink, K-A-R-A. K-L-E-N-K. There's a lot of K's in there. And uh, check that out when you have when you have the time. Or even if you don't have the time. Do me a favor. Do Jared a favor. Check out his, uh, his girlfriend's podcast and make her feel good. Make us all feel good. And follow us on Twitter at whatever we are. Uh, you know how to do that. If you don't, then this, I'm not talking to you. I'm only talking to people who know how to do that. So if you don't know how to follow people on Twitter... You know what? Give yourself a break. Go have a cool drink. And then I'll get back to you right now. What I'm going to tell you, don't forget, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. And I will look forward to speaking to you next week as I have spoken to you this week. And as I will speak, be, oh, I'll be, I, I'm going to be speaking to you every week. And sometimes I'm actually going to be saying things and other times I'm just going to be stumbling over words. But that's part of how I do it. It's part of my charm. I've learned to accept it, and I hope you will too. So thanks again, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Talk into the machine.